Well, good morning again. I trust that you've been walking in the promises of God over the last week and that you've been putting God first, first in your life as we've been walking through the book of Haggai and uh, looking looking at these truths here about rebuilding, about rebuilding our lives, resetting the church and, and, and all these things. And what a timely, let me just say it again, what a timely book for us to be walking through in this season as we're looking ahead, as we're looking forward with excitement, with anticipation at all that God's going to do. And so I want to dive right in this morning. We're going to look at two verses from the book of Haggai, chapter 1, verses 7 and 8. And it says this, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways, consider your ways. Go up to the hills and bring wood and build the house. Somebody look at your neighbor, look at somebody in the room, type it in the comments, say, build the house. Build the house. That's what we're going to be talking about. The last couple of weeks, we've we've kind of been building up to this, right? You're focused on your own houses. You're, you're, you're living in your paneled houses while, while my house lies in ruins. Consider your ways, right? Trust my promises. Have I not shown up for you time and time and time again? And, and, and here, Haggai's getting to it, right? Go up to the hills, bring wood, build the house. Build the house that I may take pleasure in in it and that I may be glorified says the Lord. And I want you to see that so that I may take pleasure in it and so that I may be glorified. And that brings us to our our third uh, admonition, our third call here from the book of Haggai. Put God first first, believe in God's promises and then number 3, honor God's name. Honor God's name. There's a lot in a name, right? We have a lot of names. We have a lot of labels. Are you a Starbucks person? Do you represent Starbucks? Do you represent Dunkin'? Do you represent Aroma Joe's? Do you represent, you know, the uh, the the homemade brew and, and all those different things, right? Do you represent Nike, Reebok, Adidas, right? All these different labels that are out there, right? That we represent, and we and, and you know when we when we wear a label, right? When we wear a, a company name or a church name or you know uh, a family name or something like that, we're representing that name, right? And we're either honoring or dishonoring that name, right? When you when you think about it. And and today, Haggai's talking about the importance of honoring the name of God. Honoring God's name. And and I'm not sure, I'm not sure that when we think about this, that that we think about this a lot. You know, I, I'm not sure that we give this enough thought when it comes to us and coming to church and representing a church and being a member in a church and and what that looks like and and and, and honoring God in and through uh, His body and His house here. I once heard uh, a, a preacher talking about church buildings, and uh, one of the things he said was, "It's interesting to him that when somebody's coming over to the house, right? When somebody's coming over to the house, uh, what do we do?" We, we shove all the clutter in the closet, right? We put everything away. We, we throw it in the trash can. We, we, we you know, maybe, maybe, maybe you have that room and you just shove everything in there and you lock the door so that the guests, when they come over, they don't go in there. And yet, when, when we're expecting folks to come into the house of God, we just leave the clutter everywhere, right? I heard, I heard the same preacher talk about how, you know, it's interesting 
how everybody, and, and, and I know some of you have given things to the church, and I know we've got some folks in the church that work at Lazy Boy, and they've donated amazing furniture to the church, and so, so just, just hear the heart behind this, right? But, but when we go to, to start purging or start getting rid of things, right, in the house, right, things that really should go to the dump at times, we think, well, could the church use this? You know, and what does that what does that say about how we want to represent God's house to people, right? What does that say about the level of value that we're that we're considering the house of God to have? You know, and and so I want us to think about this in honoring God's name. How do we represent? Right, the house of God. Well, because think about again, the people, the the people that Haggai is writing to, the people that he's talking to, under the uh, inspiration of God. Right, they're, they're living in their paneled houses. They're focused on themselves. Right, they're focused on building their own house. They're focused inwardly. They're not focused kingdom like we talked about last week. And here, Haggai's saying, "Go get the wood, build the house." so that I might take glory in it, so that I might be gloried, uh, glorified, and that I might take pleasure in it. And I want you to think about the, the house of God, and I want you to think about your temple, right? Is God glorified by your temple? Is God glorified by the house that you're building? Corporately, as the, as the body of Christ, um, I know we haven't been in the house lately, um, but I want, I want you to think about it, right? Does God take glory in the house? But I also want you to think about your temple, your body, right? Is God glorified and take pleasure in who you are and what you represent? And I think that's the importance here in what Haggai is talking about in honoring the name of God. Bring honor to the, to the name of God. Let's go back to the text. When the Babylonian army okay, set fire to the temple, okay, so we're starting to get more of the history context here with the temple. Okay, I told you we'd, we'd get there. We we're going to talk about it for a few more weeks, right? This destroyed, this would have destroyed, so we're going to kind of get a history lesson here, the great timbers that helped hold this massive stonework together. I'll never forget when I went to Israel uh, and seeing Mount Masada. I got to see one of these temples, right, that was on the side of this mountain, right, that was still constructed, that was still being held together. It was amazing. Some of the most beautiful work, right? And you, and you, got, to, and you got to see it. And, and so the stones were still usable here for the temple, but the interior woodwork from the fire had been demolished and burned and had to be replaced. And so if you want to go and get a little bit more of the historical context, Ezra chapter 3, verse 7, the Jews purchased wood from Tyre and Sidon, just as Solomon had done when he built the original temple. Okay, so the people, the people had gone to purchase wood at some point, just as Solomon had done when he built the original temple, but Haggai commanded them to go into the forest on the mountains and cut down timber to be used for repairing and rebuilding the temple. Now, we don't know what they did with the original wood. Probably used it on their paneled houses, okay? That's what we can, uh, that's, that's one of the conclusions and what a lot of commentators have come to is that we could probably um, uh, come to the conclusion, right, that, that they have uh, used that to, to build their own house, the, how, the wood that was built or, or, or designated, so to speak, for the temple that they had bought from the same place that they had gotten, that Solomon would have gotten the original wood. But I want you to see that we honor God's name in this in two ways. 
Okay, and the first is build the house, right? And look, look at verse 7. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways, go up to the hills, bring wood, and build the house. Build the house, right? So we consider our ways, and we, and we respond here, and we honor God by building the house. I was listening to a podcast a couple weeks ago, and, uh, and, and it was a, it's a former military guy, and, and, uh, and, he, and he, was, he was talking about when he first entered into the military. And he was telling the story about how he was, he was going through boot camp, and he got to the point one night where he just said, I'm done. I'm done. This isn't for me. I'm not cut out for this. This is hard. This is hard. And so the next morning, he went into uh, his, his commander's office and, and sat down and said, I'm out. I can't. I can't do this. And he kind of went into his whole spiel as he says it. And the commander looked back across the desk from him. Now, I, I, never, I never went in the military, but uh, I, I love reading about it and, and, and hearing about it and all of those things. Uh, and so I don't know if this would have been normal practice. I don't know if, if this guy had a special relationship with this commander. But the commander looked back at him and said, you're not quitting. You're not quitting. I'm not going to let you quit. I'm not going to let you give up. I'm not going to let you walk away from this. And this guy who's recounting this story says, in that moment, I realized that I had to accept the military as the authority in my life. What a statement. What a statement. This goes back to last week when we think about trusting the promises of God, right? And trusting the track record of God and walking in the promises of God, right? This, this guy sitting in this office across the desk from his commander, right? Who, who had been yelling at him to do push-ups and pull-ups and run and march and wake up early and go to bed late and eat this and eat that um, and, and, and all of these things, right? Looking back across from him, I'm not going to let you quit. He had the thought that he said, I've got to accept, I'm going to accept the authority of the military in my life. And when I heard that, I can tell you exactly where I was, but when I heard that, when I heard that, I was sitting there thinking, some of us need to come to the place in our lives, and our walks with God, that we need to sit and say, we're ready to give up, ready to walk away, ready to step back. And we need to get to the place where we say, God, I accept you as the authority in my life. And I accept the words of this book as the authority in my life. And I'm not going to quit. He went on to retire from the military 20-something years later. Never looked back again. And I think for some of us, we're sitting on the fence of that, right? And I think that's the, that's the reason Haggai calls them. Before he, says, before he says to build the house, he says, consider your ways, which we talked about last week, right? Consider your ways. Figure out where you're at in this. Because, because I think a lot of us, I think a lot of us wrestle with this Revelation 3, the church at Laodicea, where we're sitting on the fence of our faith. And God is saying, listen, you're neither hot nor cold. And because of that, you're lukewarm and I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. The word there is literally, you gag me. 
right? Because you're neither hot nor cold. You want to play church. You want to do this. You want to do that. But you, you want to have your cake and you want to eat it too, right? You want to have the best of both worlds and it doesn't work like that. I wish that you would just make up your mind so that you could be sold out to me. Build the house. What Jesus is saying there in Laodicea is the same thing that Haggai is saying here when he calls the people to build the house. Build the house. Build the house. Build the house. Consider your ways. Build the house. Accept, accept, right, the authority, accept the authority of me in your life. Not Travis, but, but, but as God is speaking to your heart this morning, accept the authority of God in your life. That what he says goes. Where he sins, there's obedience. And when he calls us to build the house, when he calls us to work on the house, we'll go into the hills. We'll bring back the wood and we'll build the house. So the first thing, build the house. The second thing, we honor God's name in two ways by remembering the why. The second thing, right, so that I may take pleasure in it. God wasn't calling the people here in Haggai to build the house so that they could be awesome, right? So that they could, could have a bigger place and attract more people and, 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 and make a name for themselves, right? No, 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 no. God called them to build the house so that he may take pleasure in it. That's the why. For the glory of God, for the advance of his kingdom, not for personal gain. Not for personal gain. So that I may take pleasure in it. That's for the glory of God. See, God delights. God delights. We talked about this a little bit last week. God delights in the obedient service of his people. And his name is glorified when we sacrifice for him. When we serve him. When we serve him. This makes me think of the prayer that Jesus prays in Matthew chapter 6, going back to the Sermon on the Mount, I think for the third week in a row. And, and in the Lord's Prayer, uh, he starts out when he's teaching the people to pray. Pray then like this, Matthew 6, 9, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. This is the first petition in the Lord's Prayer. But I want you to think about it. It's often the last thing we think about as we serve, as we seek to serve God. It's often, it's, it's often kind of on the back of our minds that we're doing this for God's glory. Hallowed be your name. Glory be your name. Great be your name, right? Because when, when it comes to prayer, when it comes to walking with God, a lot of us have our list that we bring to the table, I was watching. I was watching a movie just the other night, and and uh, and 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 the this lady comes in, and and they had taken this little girl in, and the lady comes in and says, um, um, "Don't you ever say your prayers at night?" And the little girl looks back and says, "I was never taught any prayers. I never taught any prayers." And so the lady looks at her and he says, "Well," and, and she says, "Well, well uh, uh, you you kneel." And so the little girl gets on the bed and kneels, and the lady's like, no, you kneel on the floor, right? And so they, they walk through it, and, and, uh, and, and the little girl asks the lady, well, well, what do you say? And the lady looked at 
this little girl and said, tell the Lord what you want. And I thought to myself, wow, that's the way so many of us are when it comes to our prayer lives. Just tell the Lord what you want. Tell the Lord what you want. And that's missing the mark. That's missing the mark. So that I may take pleasure in it. Hallowed be thy name. Right? Bring glory to your name. Bring glory to your name. Jesus said later that I do always those things that please the Father. I do always those things that please the Father. That is what was on the mind of Christ his entire time on earth. His entire time on earth. And we're called in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1, to imitate Christ. Therefore, says to your children, that is the mind of Christ that we are to have to do all things, always those things that please the Father. Let me ask you something today. Is that what's on your mind? John 8, 29. Is that what's on your mind? To do all things in a way that pleases the Father? How you carry yourself at work? How you carry yourself in your marriage, how you carry yourself with your kids, how you carry yourself in the house of God, the church, how you carry yourself at Walmart, Hannaford, how you carry yourself on Facebook and social media. I do all things that please the Father. That's the heart, that's the mind. Matthew 5.16, again, we referenced it last week. Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, he's saying, he says there in Matthew 5.16, In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who's in heaven. So the call of Jesus here, right? The call of Jesus here in the Sermon on the Mount is, is very similar, right? It's very similar. In the same way, let your light shine before others, right? Build your house so that they may see your good works and praise you and, and, high, and clap for you and high five you and give glory to you and lift you up and carry you through the town of Gorham and, and just, ah, oh, and throw things at you and all, all that stuff. No, so that they may give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Where the house of God today is spiritual and not material, right? Haggai's literally calling him, go into the trees, get the wood, come back, build the temple, right? Because that was the house of God and they had to build the temple, right? Because, because Jesus hadn't come so that, so that we could have access to the Father for ourselves. So there was, high, there, were, there, were, there was a whole process, high priest, cleansing process, all those things to access. And they needed the temple, right? And so it was time to build the temple. And while today the house of God is spiritual, not material, the material is still a very real symbol of the, of the spiritual. How we treat things, how we treat the house, how we treat our temples, physically, right? Materially is a very real symbol of the spiritual. I heard somebody say this one time, show me your checkbook. I'll show you how important the house of God is in your life. I'll show you how important the things of God are in your life. Show me your calendar. I'll show you how important the things of God are in your life. When the church in any place, in any locality is careless about the material place of assembly, the building, the body, right? The place of its worship and its work, it's evidence that its life isn't where it should be. 
So we're talking about we're talking about the house, right? And I know again, I know again, we're in a weird time. We haven't even been in the house in the last three months. I mean, we we're in the house, right? But but for you, right? But what is your mind? What is your heart towards the house of God? And is it bringing honor to God's name? For the glory of God. Not so that we can see more people and have more services and build a bigger building and, and, so, and this and this and this and this. Again, again, we're not going through what we're going through and walking through what we're going through so that we can have a bigger building and more things to maintain and more things to take care of. No, no, no. We're doing it because we feel like God is leading us to do this for His glory and His kingdom so that others can meet Him through it. But that's the focus. That's the heart. That's the why. And when we lose heart of the why, when we lose focus of the why, it's evidence that we're not where we should be. So as you think about that this morning, I want you to think about this question. And I want you to think about it in two ways. And so here's the question. Are you living your life for the glory of God? For His name's sake. For His, for the expansion of His kingdom. And I want you to think about it again, two ways. Number one, you. Your heart. The things you do on a daily basis. The people that you meet with. The, 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 the work that you do. The, the, way, the way that you carry yourself is, is the way that you live for the glory of God. But also in his house. The way you look at the, the church, the body of Christ, the building in which, in which uh, houses uh, your family, your church family. Are you doing it for the glory of God? Or is it tradition that drives you? Is it the way it it's got to look a certain way. It's got to feel a certain way. It's got to... What's the heart? Hallowed be thy name. Let your light so shine. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. My prayer for us today. My prayer for us today. Again, you could take this back to our vision statement where we glorify God in all that we do by making disciples and advancing His kingdom for the glory of God. Right? You could take it right back there because we want to be so central here. And it's amazing that Haggai brings it up. Jesus talks about it here in the Sermon on the Mount twice. Hallowed be thy name. Let your light so shine before men so that, so that your, your Father may be glorified in heaven. Right? It's almost like it's a big deal. Right? But as we go, as we go, Let's bring glory to God. Bring glory to God. Make his name famous. Build his kingdom right here. Let's pray. Father, I pray that our heart, our focus, our minds would be central on glorifying your name. Not for the advancement of us, but for the glory of your name. And so God, whatever whatever place that 
we need to do business with you in this, God. Whatever place where we're, there's an agenda or there's personal gain or the motivation is off, God, I pray that you would convict our hearts and that you'd bring that to light. That we'd make it right with you. God, we glorify your name this morning. We glorify your name this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.